Sup, y'all, and welcome to the second episode of the Press On Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Vita. Once again, Evan Myers coming back. Evan, hey. What's up, Jack? You just stayed on my couch the last few days, <laughs> didn't you? Pretty much, man. It's that time of year, so <laughs> college basketball. Didn't want to leave, did you? Did not want to leave, nope. <laughs> well, you did a great job. Uh, there was a lot of positive positive feedback on the first podcast, and they want more Evan. That's great to hear, man. <laughs> I'm you here got, to give them more. <laughs> you got your, ha- your uh, snack hoodie ready? Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll be rocking the snack hoodie this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> excited for some more of those uh new commercials too oh yeah they look yeah. good so far too yeah <laughs> what do you think oh i like them i like I, that trio they, it's a comical <laughs> trio because i have a tough time picturing them all hanging out together in real life right <laughs> like it's just so random but it works so well in those commercials it does work well yeah I like the one, uh, my favorite so far is the one where Barkley tells Spike Lee that he's just Spike Lee. He's a nobody. Yeah. The other <laughs> two are the one with stars. Jim Nance in it? Yeah, Jim Nance. I like great. that one a lot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you so, turn it off? <laughs> yeah. So, Evan, uh, I guess first we should begin. Let's talk about this new selection show format. What did you think of this new format? It was trash. Absolute trash. <laughs> I'm not gonna try to be nice about it or anything. It was, it was awful. I mean, it just seemed like reality TV, and um, you know, Mike Greenberg said it best. It, it took away all the excitement of Greg Gumble announcing, you know, region by region, each name, how it kind of comes out. Um, they just did it alphabetically, and I thought it was a really, really bad move. I don't think they'll do it again, though. I don't think so either. It it got destroyed over Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) But I saw David Kaplan saying similar thing when it was announced earlier this week, that that would be the format. It definitely took away a lot of the suspense, a lot of the fun moments of here's Northwestern. And then as the eight or the, were they the eight or the nine seed last year? Uh, They were one of the two. I know. Yeah. So they were, they, that was the last region that they announced. And it made for such a great moment, right? Well, and it, you know, and you had the you could always go to the to the guys celebrating. And this year they tried to do it when the bracket was coming out, and they already knew they were in. So, you know what? <laughs> and there were there were quite a few hiccups there with just delays. There were there yeah were a few times they cut over to teams, and it looked like they were all just staring at their phones, like <laughs> like they weren't excited to be playing that team. Right. But then at the very end of the clip, they'd start to jump. Yeah, and the audio was all messed up, and you know the live audience or whatever they they didn't know when to cheer and when not to, and it was just it was a mess. <laughs> I give Greg Gumble and Ernie Johnson a lot of credit though, because I think those guys did a really good job. This was a hard thing to execute. Yeah, oh for sure, but they need to go back to just Greg Gumble doing it next year. I mean, you know that that's March Madness. That's that's Selection Sunday. So I agree. I think Ernie had some great uh, moments in there where there were a couple of awkward pauses and he just had some funny lines in there. Like he said, is Notre Dame in or are they out? Oh, they're out. (laughs) Like he was trying to build it up, you know, trying to create the suspense. (laughs) So it wasn't, 
okay, I I didn't like it at all. I, I totally agree with you. But it wasn't as bad as I expected it to be. I guess it could have been worse, yeah. Because going into it, you saw on your DVR, it's a two-hour show. So the, the what I envisioned it to be was they're really going to stretch this thing out. Right. And though it killed a lot of the suspense, at least they at least they kept it moving for the most part. They did. They did. And it wasn't like they were going to take half an hour for each region. So, you know, by yeah. 530, you knew where everyone, who was in and who wasn't. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to, this climate of social media, guys, is everything is either the worst thing ever or the best <laughs> thing ever. And, I mean, this there have been way worse sports TV specials in the past. Very true. It was not the decision, thankfully. <laughs> thankfully, yeah. Hopefully we're past that. So, Evan, you have been working on your bracket all season long, and you texted me right after they released it, and you said you had, what, 63 out of the 68 teams from who you would have voted in? I did. I missed five. <laughs> okay, so who were, where were the disagreements that you had with the committee? So I guess I'll start with the five that I had in that they did not. And the first one that I have the big problem with is Baylor, the Baylor Bears out of uh, the Big 12. And I know I know why. I mean, they had 14 losses um, and they, they were finished under 500 in conference play. But I really liked what Baylor brought to the table this year. And they had big wins over uh, Kansas and Texas Tech. So Baylor was my big one. I had Oklahoma State, who a lot of people had right on the bubble there. Louisville was another team I thought should have got in. St. Mary's at 28 and 5. I thought they were deserving to get in. And then Marquette was right on the bubble for me. And last second, I switched Marquette with Arizona State. And uh, the, com- yeah, the committee went the other way. So uh, they had Arizona State in. I did not. They had Syracuse. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, was, no, no. You go ahead. Yeah. So they had Syracuse in, and I did not. Uh, Missouri was another team I did not think should have gotten in. Surprising and there. They put Missouri in. Uh, and then UCLA and St. Bonaventure, I also did not have in. Those were all teams that were literally, uh, you know, either my first four out or my next four out. So it wasn't too much of a change. Uh, but Baylor and Oklahoma State really surprised me. But I see why. They both had 14 losses. And you had Oklahoma? I had Oklahoma, yeah. I had Oklahoma in pretty high up, actually. Um, I, I think people are overreacting a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I had Oklahoma in. I can understand I can understand the argument from both sides. The NCAA is tough because each year with the one and dones, you have to market your league around new players each year, except for the guys that stay at Duke or maybe some of the guys that stay at Michigan state. And Trey young just burst onto the scene and did a lot of exciting stuff right at the beginning of the year. It was crazy. Everyone was calling him national player of the year. Yeah. And so he got anointed pretty quickly. And so he became the big star that was highlighted on sports center every night. And he's the big, big name. And, from the committee's eyes, they gotta have him in the tournament. Oh yeah, he's gonna whoever they're playing Rhode Island. I think that's gonna be a huge game because Trey Young is in it. And you know, I don't. A lot of people probably don't know who else is on the Oklahoma squad, but if Trey Young is is on there and he's gonna be a top ten pick, people are gonna tune in and watch that. 
Do you think in the same regard, Mizzou was helped by the fact that Michael Porter Jr. just came back from injury? You know, I think I think there is something to that. Um, I think the NCAA was maybe trying to give him a little bit of a platform to perform on. Um, and, you know, they're an eight, eight seed. Uh, they'll probably they'll have to play Florida State, and then they'll come against Xavier most likely. So I don't know how long he'll stick around, but people will get to see him if they miss that SEC game that he played against Georgia. And uh, I think I think that is something. Now, the committee did not help Notre Dame at all, and they have Bonzi Colson. <laughs> now, granted, he's not uh, an NBA superstar in the making, uh, but he is still an exciting player, and, and that's an exciting team when they're all functioning at the, at the high level that they can be. So, uh, you know, I think it does help to be to have a have a player that's an NBA prospect on your roster, like Oklahoma and Missouri with Trey Young and Michael Porter. Um, so I think that did help them a little bit get into the tournament. You mentioned Notre Dame. I, I'm actually, I think I got to say good on the committee for not letting Notre Dame in. They were really close, but they just got, they got blown out by Duke in the most important game of their season. They should yeah. not have been in. Right. I know. I agree. I had them, uh, two teams below the cut line. So I did have them in before, uh, who was it, Nevada took a loss in the Mountain West tournament, and then Rhode Island took a loss uh, in the Atlantic 10. So uh, two two teams bumped them out. But, yeah, I agree. They had 14 losses. Um, they lost to Ball State. They lost to Georgia Tech. They lost to Indiana even with Bonzi Colson on, their, on the floor. So uh, they're a good team. They'll do well in the NIT, uh, but... Yeah, not a tournament team this year. Definitely not. And they, the committee very well could have put them in, considering for that same reason, just viewership and everything. People either love or hate Notre Dame. They're polarizing. They have a huge fan base. People are going to want to see them play. And so any time that they don't put a team in when they should not be in, even though it's really close, I, I got to give them points for that. Yeah, definitely. So what about Middle Tennessee? So Middle Tennessee, everyone was jumping on that bandwagon. Um, and I was on the bandwagon, too, before they lost to Southern Miss. Uh, just an awful loss. But I, I never had them close to, to getting an at-large bid. I just I didn't see it this year. Um, they went 24-7. and seven. They, their, their best win was against they, – they beat Western Kentucky twice, uh, who I thought was going to beat Marshall. And Marshall ended up winning that game. But yeah, they, they lost to Marshall twice. They lost to Southern Miss. And I, I think it's good for the committee to not put a team like Middle Tennessee in this year. I, I could see that. I mean, I always want to stick up for the little guys with the mid-majors. Oh, yeah. So I, no, I, it I, broke I, yeah. my... Or go ahead. No, I, I'm with you too. Uh, I, I like Middle Tennessee, and they have a lot of fun players that I think people would have fallen in love with. Um, but yeah, what, go ahead what you were saying. Well, it, it I, my heart broke this weekend for some of those teams that just had awesome regular seasons and to see them come up, whether it was a bad loss early on in their conference tournament or in Vermont's case, yeah. right? They get Vermont, all yeah. the way down to the, you know, they get down to the final, final play and UMBC hits that three. Yeah. In and, Vermont's gym. <laughs> yeah, in Vermont's gym, which looks like a high school gym. <laughs> and that was that was just devastating because it, it's hard. It's It just stinks for teams like Vermont that 
have an awesome regular season, and ultimately it all just comes down to three random games in the conference tournament. Yeah, another one too is Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Yeah. They, they went 27-6 and six this year. They looked like they were going to just cruise through the Sun Belt and get a 12 seed, and all of a sudden they run into a very good UT Arlington team who I, I thought they were going to beat Georgia State today. Um, and yeah, it's just, you know, you falter at the end of March or the beginning of March and all of a sudden your season's done. Okay. So let's going off that thought, I brought up UMBC and they are in the South region. If you are ready, Evan, we can go region by region and kind of dissect some of these teams and matchups. And at the end, we can give our final four picks. Sure. Let's do it. Also, I should mention before we get too deep into this, I, I forgot to bring this up at the beginning. Press on Sports, we are creating a bracket pool on ESPN. Ooh. So, yeah, you can play against me and Evan, see if you're better than us. I will put that link on Twitter and also at, on the blog post where this podcast is posted if anyone is interested in playing against us. You guys should all join to just beat Jack. That should be your goal. <laughs> hey, <laughs> and three, you can beat me too. You can beat me too. <laughs> Evan, how have you done in the last couple of years with your brackets? I got North Carolina right last year. Yeah. <laughs> Had to go with the Tar Heels. Did you win any of your pools last year? I don't know if I ended up winning them. I think I was top five in a lot of them. Um, a lot of other people like North Carolina too last year. So, And they picked a lot of the first round games better than I did. My mom picked North Carolina over Gonzaga last year. Wow. So yeah. she had it. <laughs> and I pride myself on three years ago, I had Duke over Wisconsin. Wow. So I won a Buffalo Wild Wings gift card on my floor. There you go. The bracket. Is that the year Wisconsin took down Kentucky? That was the year that yeah. they took down Kentucky. Wow. Only I had Notre Dame taking them down, which okay. was pretty close. That's right. I remember Notre Dame being in that that region. Evan, one more fun question before we get into this. Give me the short list, maybe one or two teams that come to mind. Is you're just your favorite college basketball teams of your lifetime? Like a team specifically or just a school? Just a team, like a year team. I could I could go while you think if you Yeah, want. go ahead, yeah. So there are a couple. Obviously, I fell in love with George Mason. 2006 that was an awesome team i could probably name one guy off that team (laughs) jai lewis yeah jai lewis because the way i remember that because he had a tryout with the new york giants okay um so they're fun they're a team i fell in love with not my favorite another one i followed the 08 memphis team really closely that whole year rose yeah that that was an awesome team Derrick Rose is just and then he came and played for the Bulls and we all know what happened after that yeah we don't need to bring that up (laughs) but my all-time favorite team was the 2004-2005 Illinois Fighting Illini Fighting Illini I knew you're going there (laughs) yeah that was that was the season that I remember watching college basketball throughout the regular season and just watching those guys play whenever they were on tv yeah, you, you took mine right there. <laughs> That's your favorite? Oh, I it's definitely one of my favorites. And, you know, I I don't necessarily remember the game against Arizona in the Elite Eight. 
um, oh, at Hall State. Man. But going back and watching that game on YouTube, um, that's a crazy comeback. <laughs> yeah, that that's the game I remember most from that season. So yeah. I was, let's see, you would have been eight oh, years old. Yeah, nine years old. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, remember, I don't know if I remember watching that game live. I know I watched the one against North Carolina. Yeah, well, that I did not see that game because I okay. remember we were driving back home from our spring break trip that night, listening on the radio. It was pretty close though. Yeah. So the, I mean, that was just an awesome team, D Brown. D Brown was the guy on that team. People I love. People might Brown. forget that. Oh, people think it's Darren Williams, but D Brown was, you know, Darren Williams was a good player, but D Brown was the heart and soul of that team. Yeah, they were they were awesome. That Arizona game, great YouTube watch for any college basketball yeah, fan. If you have if you're not seen that, go watch that. You can skip you can, to the yeah, last five minutes. Just watch the last five minutes. So that would probably be like the last twenty to thirty minutes on YouTube, but. <laughs> Check it out. Yeah, that's great. So is that your number one, Evan? Or there a couple I like others? them. I like them. I also like Curry's Davidson squad. Yeah. Um, that was a lot of fun when he just they were just ran through that tournament. Um and then I do like North Carolina's squad last year. I really like Justin Jackson. Uh you know, being a former homeschooler myself and Justin being a homeschooler, <laughs> it was uh it was fun to root for him and root for homeschool sports there and he he showed that it wasn't a fluke so um you know they had kennedy meeks and joel berry and um, a lot of the guys that are still in the squad now and i I really liked that team last year especially picking them to go all the way so i'd say those are probably my the three that come to mind uh right now yeah good good selections evan (laughs) let's see uh how our bracket selections will be because that we are recording this it's sunday night right now so Selection Sunday just wrapped up a couple hours ago, and by the time people are listening to us, it'll be a couple days before round the round of sixty four begins. Yes, sir. So, all right, let's let's get going on the South region. You got that pulled up? Yeah, Virginia. Yep. Yep. So, first off, your initial thoughts on just this region man this is tough <laughs> this is a real tough <laughs> a real tough region um i don't know i think this is going to be one that i really don't know what to do with this one right now and yeah. i i really i haven't filled out my bracket yet i don't like to do it until um i have a little bit more time to look it over but i don't know what are your thoughts jack so i think that there's a lot of sleeper potential and upset alerts in this region i agree even okay i'm not going to be that guy that picks a 16 seed in my bracket but <laughs> Evan, going I just, to? no i'm not going to oh okay but I, I think there are a couple of games that at least one game that's i'm gonna say no i'll say two games two 16 seeds that i think could give the ones a good run for their money UMBC one of those? I yeah, I I like what I saw at UMBC on Saturday. Yeah. I like KJ Mora, mm-hmm. five eight. If you he's got, fun. If you, yeah, if you guys haven't seen him, you, he's gonna be the guy that you fall in love with if you watch this game. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I think I think that's a game the way that Virginia plays, I think that's a game that's gonna look very close on the yeah. scoreboard. Yeah. Um, I think Virginia is going to have control of it, 
but I think mm-hmm. it's a game that could go into the final 10 minutes or so being, you know, a 10-point lead by Virginia, 15-point lead, and something that, you know, if UMBC can can keep it close, who knows? You never know. Yeah. And this guy, Lyles, that's his name, right, Evan? Yes. He's their star. Do you have him on any of your big boards for your NBA draft prospects? I don't. No, I don't. Um, but, you know, I, I have to watch him play a little bit more. Um, yeah. I wasn't always watching the America East Conference <laughs> this year. I don't blame you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, they, they've got some guys. You know, they got some fighters on that team. And the little guy you're talking about, uh, he, he's a fun guy to watch. Yeah, so I think I, I agree with you. I think that's going to be a pretty for a one sixteen match. I think you could do a lot worse than that. Definitely. Uh, so then, all right, we'll we'll just kind of take you through. We'll mention some of these teams, and then we won't go into every single game. But you got the eight nine matchup: Creighton versus Kansas State, which I think potentially again that could be another. The team that comes out of that could give Virginia a good. That's a big a good, time game. Yeah. Yeah. I had. Go ahead. We've seen a lot of these one seeds and two seeds get in trouble with these either eight, nine, or 10 or seven seeds. I think both these, these conferences. Teams, I think they're both underrated too, or underseeded at least. Creighton beat Villanova. Yeah. I had Creighton in my top 25 almost the entire year. I think they're that good. I really do. They beat Villanova. They beat Seton Hall. They beat a Providence team who's all of a sudden uh, streaking at the right time. And they didn't really have – they lost to Marquette twice. But other than that, it was just Big East losses. So, Yeah. And then – so, all right. So we got that. We've got the 5-12 Kentucky versus Davidson battle, which Kentucky's peaking at the right time. Yeah, they're, they're scary. Coach Cal – you got to watch out for him in March. Do you think the 12 for Davidson might be a little high? I think it could, um, but they're right on that 12-13 border. Uh, the Atlantic 10, I think people realize, was a lot stronger this year. Yeah. And, I mean, getting, getting three bids in is, is crazy. I mean, that's more than the Pac-12. Or the Pac-12, <laughs> yeah, the Pac-12 only got two, I believe. So, um, yeah, I think people realize that Davidson – and we, we'll get to it when we get to the, uh, the first four games, but I think the Davidson win definitely helped out the Atlantic 10 this year. Definitely. So then we'll go. So then we got the four seed Arizona taking on the 13 seed Buffalo, which could also spell trouble, I think. Could, yeah. Buffalo is, is tough. Yeah, they came out of the, the MAC, which is a, a solid conference. And uh, yeah, they, they've got a good squad. And Arizona. If you look at their wins, they don't really have any wins that are you know outstanding that jump out to you. So we'll see. Not to mention, uh, there's a little bit of a cloud over that team yeah. right now. <laughs> could that be a distraction? It could. I think they've put it in the rearview mirror, and I think you know this could be another discussion entirely. But it seems like all of college basketball has kind of put that in the rearview mirror and it's, I'm kind of frustrated by it because uh, the guy who reported on it has not, he's been MIA. So um, he just kind of came and seemed to try to destroy Arizona's reputation and then he's gone now. So I'm, I'm really interested about that, but that's another, that's for another day. Yeah. Okay. So then we get 
to two teams that I really, really like for first round upsets. So then the next one, you got the six seed Miami going on, going up against our beloved, <laughs> our beloved <laughs> 11 seed Loyola Chicago. Yes, sir. Illinois. <laughs> and we, you like that matchup too for Loyola Chicago, right? Oh, I love it for them. I, I hate it for Miami because I like, I like what the Hurricanes have done this year, but yeah, I, I like it for Loyola. And then we've got the three seed Tennessee Volunteers going up against the 14 seed Wright State Raiders. <laughs> and you know about them a little bit, Jack. Yeah, so for the last uh, the two years prior to this one, I covered every single Valparaiso men's basketball home game, aside from a couple of games before. So a couple of games that were in the fall semester of last year. Uh, I was unable to attend and some of the games that happened while I was on break, but I've covered basic, I covered every single home conference game for the last two years when the, when Valparaiso was in the horizon league, which they are no longer. So what did you see out of Wright state when you did cover them? I mean, I know it's this year, but uh, what'd you see? So they're led, they've always been a, tough team they always overachieve they had a coaching change a couple years ago uh billy donlin was fired who's i thought was a really good coach but they haven't missed a beat since and i believe billy donlin right now is at michigan as an assistant or at least he was last year i don't know if he's still there but wright state is led by grant benzinger which he got a shout out from ernie johnson because the interesting fact is that his dad is Todd Benzinger, who won a World Series with the 1990 Cincinnati Reds. That's your cool fact of the day. <laughs> <laughs> and so he shoots it well. He's the. It's a fairly young team. He, he's one it of is. two seniors. And I believe they were, were they the three seed or the two seed? I think the they were the two. Year? I think they were just behind yeah. Northern Kentucky. So this is their first appearance since since um 20 or 2007 i'm sorry and the horizon league it's it's has its ups and its downs but last year northern kentucky came out swinging and they gave kentucky a good run for their money they did so i think i think wright state is a good representative out of the horizon league remember this name too loud and love yes freshman averaging about 13 and 10 he went to uh, Geneva here in Illinois High School. So a uh, little fun fact there. He's, he's a big guy, uh, six foot nine, six ten, probably right around 300 pounds. So he's a guy to watch out for. Yeah, so I like them. They've always just played really well as a team, just well-rounded. They shoot the ball pretty well. They play good defense. One well-oiled machine. Definitely. So I could – Granted, I don't know a ton about Tennessee, but I I could definitely see Wright State winning this game. Yeah, and you know, I Tennessee, they I was kind of surprised they got the 3 seed after losing in the SEC tournament earlier today. I thought they would yeah. have slid down a little, but um you know, Admiral Schofield, he's a guy to remember too. Another another Illinois guy went to Zion Benton and uh he is having quite the year right now for the Volunteers. Yeah, so 
Uh, you you like you're you're siding with the volunteers on this. I one, do I'm like assuming. them. Yeah, I do like them just a little bit more. But uh, yeah, Wright State will they'll be a tough out. So I the way I see it, I could see Wright State and Loyola Chicago winning their games and then meeting in the round of thirty two, and then one of those teams going to the Sweet Sixteen. Wouldn't that be something? And it it happens pretty often. If you, oh, it, it seems like you get a couple of mid majors that pulled the upset. And then when they face each other, they guarantee that one of those smaller schools is going to Sweet 16. You never know with March. So I, looking at it, I have Loyola Chicago in my Sweet 16. Okay. All right. So moving on down, we've got the seven seed Nevada Wolfpack taking on the 10 seed Texas, which you are higher on Texas. I am, but I like Nevada too. This is a tough one. Texas, I had them. Gosh, I think I had them getting a six seed. Um, and I know, again, why they did it. They had 14 losses. They were under 500 in conference. But I really think the Big 12 was that good this year. And I think Texas, when Mo Bamba is on the floor, they are a team that they, they can they can go with anyone. I really believe Texas can play with anyone. Now, granted, Nevada is a tough team, too. Um, and they're, they're a team I really like this year. Uh, they got Jordan Caroline, who I mentioned, I think, on the last show, is the son of Simeon Rice. And yes. uh, they've got the two Martin boys from NC State that transferred in. So this is going to be a fun one. I think this is one that should have been more of a, a second or a third round matchup. Um, but we get it in the first round, and it should be a great game. And we, uh, again, we always get those kind of games each year. Yes. So... Then we move down. We got Cincinnati as a two seed going up against. Unlike was Georgia State a little bit of an underdog going in their tournament? Oh, they were for sure. Yeah, so that, that should have been, been the raging Cajuns getting in. Yeah, but Cincinnati had a great year. They did. They're yeah. going to be a trendy pick for the Final Four. Mick Cronin's got them playing some of the best basketball in the entire nation right now, and. The scary thing about Cincinnati is they have four or five guys that that can score every night, and it's hard to just pick one to to focus on. Um, so moving forward, I mean, Cincinnati is a they're a deeper team, and uh, Gary Clark he's averaging about thirteen and eight, I believe. He's he's the leader of the team, um, but he's not even the leading scorer. Jacob Evans is the leading scorer. So uh, Cincinnati is a team that if they're all playing. At the at the high level that they can play at, they're gonna they, they could they could go all the way to San Antonio. Is is the American a power six school? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't. Um, I think power six conference. Conference, but, yeah, I yeah. don't think they are. But um, they've got two of the top sixteen teams or twenty teams in the in the tournament this year, and Houston's right there too. So uh, watch out for the American. Watch out for the schools from the American Conference. Definitely on the up. I saw a lot of those ads this weekend. I had not seen those before. What the the promoting of the Power Six? Yeah, they yeah. they were saying like, don't forget that we used to be the Big East. Right. <laughs> I would still take the Big East now over the American. <laughs> yeah, I think those uh, those Catholic schools that broke off. They did it. They. I don't know what they had to pay or what the deals of their buyout, what the terms of their buyout was, but retaining the Big East name, I think, goes a long way. Oh, definitely. 
because the American is it's just kind of a weird name for a conference. It is, and it's still new, and you know people don't know who's in there, and there's still some teams from Conference USA, and it's just it's kind of a mess right now. But I think it's starting to settle a little bit. Yeah, it was a great year for the conference. Could you potentially see a Nevada-Cincinnati going down to the wire, Nevada upset in the second round? I really could, and I think I might pick it. Um, I like Nevada that much this year. And Cincinnati, like I just pointed out all their positives, but um, if you watch them this past weekend, they, they didn't look sharp against Memphis. They were down 13 at the half to Memphis, a team that didn't even make the tournament. And uh, Houston gave them quite the run today. So uh, Cincinnati, while I do like them, um, I don't think the Americans a power six conference. So it does hurt them a little bit in terms of the competition they played against. Um, now, the same could be said about Nevada coming out of the Mountain West. But I think Nevada is a team that they can get on a run and they could they could get out and jump in front of Cincinnati. So let's let's go with that. <laughs> let's say Nevada beats Cincinnati. <laughs> We're here and you've got, and you got Loyola. <laughs> yeah, if I have Loyola Chicago oh or Wright State going to the Sweet 16, <laughs> that means one of those three teams is going to the Elite Eight. <laughs> and this is how wild the South bracket could really be. There was a lot of talk on there. Where people are saying this is the best region, and maybe it is, but I think the the top teams are not helped out by how stacked the lower seeds are. I agree. I think this is this is anyone's best guess. <laughs> yeah. This could be I think this is the if there's one region that has the crazy low, like really low seed or okay. Are one seeds do we call those high seeds or low seeds? Those are high seeds, right? Yes, yeah. So okay, so if we're getting some crazy low seed, some kind of a George Mason or a Wichita State or VCU, I think it's coming out of this conference. I could see it. But there's also number four, Arizona. You got number five, Kentucky. And that it's could be, be a second-round matchup right there. Yeah. Arizona, Kentucky. I mean, that is two big-time schools loaded with NBA talent playing on, on Saturday or Sunday. No doubt. No doubt. So, Evan, any other thoughts on this region, or do you want to move along? We can move along, yeah. All right. Yeah, I think we I think we pretty much covered that one. So let's let's stay on the left side. Let's go down to the west. Okay. Xavier, right? Yep. Xavier and this is our first play-in game, which is NC Central and Texas Southern. Yes, sir. Okay. What do you think? There should be no problem here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> these are two of the bottom four conference champions. Um Xavier's had a very impressive year. Now, granted, they did get a little shaky at the end there. Um, but this is a team, I don't know if anyone remembers, last year they were an 11 seed and they made it to the Elite Eight. Um, but even last year's preseason poll, they were coming in as a top 25 team and people thought they could give Villanova a challenge. I think finally this is the year they've kind of had the entire year um, to put that together. J.P. Makura is a guy that... Um, People probably remember from last year, diving on the floor, very scrappy. Uh, but then Trayvon Blewett's also just a lethal scorer. And uh, this is this is no fluke to see Xavier as a one seed. I know a lot of people um, 
think it might be. You know, it's not it's not blue blood. It's not North Carolina or Kentucky up there. This is this is a true number one seed. You know what I love most about Xavier basketball? What's that? Seeing Bill Murray courtside, <laughs> being happy. Yes. Can never get enough of Bill Murray, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's great. I don't think he actually went to Xavier, though. I think it's his son who went it's there. It's his son, I believe, yep. Yeah. But he loves it, and I think we should see a happy Bill Murray at least in the first round if he's there. Yeah. I would hope so. Oh, definitely. You want to talk a little bit about this playing game, though? NC Central, Texas Southern. I really don't have too much to offer about it. Um, yeah. It's a couple uh, <laughs> of teams that won their conference tournaments. Yeah. Uh, got hot at the right time. I actually had these two as the two worst uh, conference champions. Uh, no offense to NC Central and Texas Southern. Congrats on winning your conference. But Texas Southern is 15 and 19, and uh, the the SWAC or the SWAC uh, that is probably, I'd say it's the worst conference in college basketball. Um, now it is March. We never know what can happen, but I don't see either one of these teams challenging it. Uh, Xavier. Me neither. But I could see, again, I think this could be a potential spot where you see an interesting one versus an eight or one versus a nine. Definitely. You want to get into that next one? Yeah, so we got number eight, Missouri, going up against number nine, Florida State. Missouri is a team that they may not have played. I mean, they they came out of the tournament earlier than they had hoped. But they do have Michael Porter Jr., is this is this a little reminiscent of when Kyrie Irving was at Duke? Yes and no. Um, Duke wasn't an eight seed that year, yeah. but but you know Kyrie played a few more games. But I think a lot of people have kind of forgotten about Michael Porter Jr. And there's a lot of people that haven't even seen him play. Uh, they haven't seen his high school tapes, and they they didn't see the game against Georgia. So with with a guy like Michael Porter Jr. on your team, I mean. It's really who knows about Missouri. They they could be, they could challenge Xavier in the second round. They could keep moving on. Um, I for one, I didn't have them in the tournament. I didn't think that their body of work throughout the whole season without Porter was enough to get them in. But uh, I guess the committee sees Porter bringing a completely new dimension to Missouri and uh, being a team that that could be a top twenty five or top thirty school. Yeah, I don't like it when the committee says, well, this is what we think they could be. Right. Because that's just an injustice to all the teams that outperformed that team who underperformed. Exactly. Uh, in but, the regular season. But, you know, they did do a lot um, without him, and I'll give them that. And some guys have stepped up. Uh, his brother, Jonte Porter, is one guy who has really stepped up for the team. So it's going to be a tough game against Florida State, though. Um, that's a team that... I actually had higher than a nine seed, and they played well in the ACC. They still got a few players from last year's team when they were a three seed. Terrence Mann mainly being the the big guy. Um, so I don't know. This will be this will be a fun eight nine game. How about my man Cassius? You like Cassius Roberts? I like Cassius. Yeah, Cassius is a fun guy. Uh, he does take quite a bit of shots, a little too much for me sometimes, but he's a fun guy, and uh, he trans. He's I think is he a grad? fifth year grad guy or uh not sure i think he he transferred in that sounds right yeah um but you know yeah he's having a great year uh he's from toronto so there's a fun fact and yeah missouri is a team 
it it'll be interesting to see how MPJ plays into the to the whole squad. But uh, yeah, they could give Xavier a run for their money if they get past Florida State. I could see it. I could also see them getting killed in the first yeah. round, <laughs> like they did. You know, they didn't get killed, but they lost to Georgia in the in the SEC tournament. Yeah. Um, and you know that's that goes on their that goes on their uh, schedule for the whole season. So people can't people can't forget about that one. But we'll see we'll see what happens when they get a whole squad their whole squad going. But you could potentially see what about Florida State versus Xavier? Could that be a trouble? Oh, I think it could trap too. game. I really do. Yeah, I think I really don't think there's any team that's safe this year. Um, like in years past where, you know, they're, they're a guarantee to make it to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. So um, it doesn't really help for anyone that's trying to fill out their brackets. But, yeah, Florida State's a team. They've played hard in the ACC, and, um, yeah, they could give Xavier fits. So we got, we're got we going to keep moving down. A couple other interesting uh, 12-5 and 4-13 matchups. You got Ohio State against South Dakota State, who's been in the tournament for what now three years in a row. The Jackrabbits, baby. Yeah. Were you <laughs> surprised to see them as a twelve? Was that a little higher Not, than you would have expected? No, uh, no. I had them as a thirteen, and then they they uh, were able to beat South Dakota, a very good team in the Summit Championship, and uh, Louisiana moved out. So I had them right back up to the twelve. Is this Carson Wentz's school? I can't remember. South Dakota State? I don't think. I think he was with the Bison. Um, what is that? North Dakota State? I don't <laughs> I know. know. There's so many of those Dakotas. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it. I, I don't actually think it's the same school. I'm pretty I was, sure it was North Dakota State. Yeah, but, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. But they're a good team, and Ohio State has been vulnerable all year. They have, and I don't think that they are... What are they, a four seed, we said? Five seed. Five seed. I don't think they're that good. I really don't. Um, I think the Big Ten was down this year, like I've said before, and they just don't really have anyone that impressed me that much. So then we got another interesting one, and that's number four, Gonzaga, going up against 13, UNC Greensboro. Greensboro is a fun squad. Um, They... The Southern Conference was actually one of the tougher mid-majors this year with East Tennessee State in there. Uh, Wofford had a good year. They, I believe Wofford beat North Carolina earlier in the season. Um, Furman and Mercer were right up there too. So UNC Greensboro, Francis Alonzo, that's the guy to remember. Uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. He's always trying to get his team involved and get them jacked up. And uh, But I, I really think Gonzaga is a team that's going to surprise in this in this year's tournament i had them as a three seed and uh i think i think they're they're under but i think they're going to be able to take down unc greensboro i agree i i like greensboro too it, it seems every year there's a couple of these matchups where it's really i think greensboro is going to be a trendy pick could you see that yeah. oh yeah there yeah a lot of people are going to look at the four thirteens, and greensboro will yeah. probably be the one that people will go with yeah, I could definitely see it, and it's easy. It's really tempting, but I think I think Gonzaga is going to go on a nice run here. I think if they get past Greensboro, um, and then you know if South Dakota State were to upset Ohio State, that's another tough one. I think if they can get past that, I really think Gonzaga could come out of that top portion there and go to the Elite Eight. I I could definitely see it. I actually think 
uh, we could see a national ch- title rematch in the oh, Elite Eight. Yeah, yeah, North How's Carolina's that? right down. Yeah, that would be fun. And Gonzaga's got some guys that weren't on the team last year. Now, granted, they did lose some, but uh, Achimura is a guy. He's an NBA prospect. He comes off the bench right now, which is a little strange. We saw it last year with Zach Collins. Zach Collins, yeah. Yeah, but Achimura is a, a completely different player, uh, very athletic. And uh, he's a guy, he plays behind Jonathan Williams, who's a very good player, too. Um, and also Killian Tilly, who's just been tearing it up recently. But Achimura is a guy that I really like. And he's still raw, but um, he adds a lot to Gonzaga's dimensions and strengths. And they no, they no longer have the lumberjack guy anymore, do they? Who's that, Karnowski? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't have Karnowski anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they have a good squad. And so we're going to keep moving. We've got the six-seed Houston taking on San Diego State. I think this is another one that people are going to be tempted to pick a little bit of an upset here. But I, I like Houston going on a deep run, too. I do, too, and I think you're right with the upset pick. Um, I think what people are going to look at is they're not going to realize San Diego State was not the favorite to win the Mountain West. Nevada was. Um, and while they did beat Nevada earlier in the season and then they beat them in the conference tournament, I don't think they have um, quite the talent to match up with Houston. And Houston is a team that's just – they're on fire right now, and they were – you know. A, a bucket away from winning the American conference earlier today against Cincinnati. So um, Rob Gray, he's, he's a really fun player to watch on Houston. They've got a few other scores. I like Houston too. Is San Diego state seated a little too high? I think, uh, I mean, they're, they're an 11 or a 12. I think you got to give they're it 11. Them. Yeah. Yeah. I think, but I think they should be, you know, 11, 12, right around there. Um, okay. I, I think you have to give it to them coming out of the Mountain West and beating Nevada twice. Yeah. Um, and they also beat, this is another game that people forget about, they beat Gonzaga earlier in the year by two. Um, yeah. You know, so all that talk about Gonzaga, I just had them going to the Elite Eight. It could all be thrown out the window. So There's also a potential interesting storyline here, and I'm, I, Evan, you're going to need to help me with this one. So <laughs> I'll see if I can. The San Diego State head coach is who? San Diego State head coach. He so I'm pretty sure it's the guy who used to coach at Michigan. Oh was right, the assist- yes. yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Steve Fisher. Yeah, Steve right? Fisher. How did I blink on that? So did he? He just <laughs> retired, right? Yes. So this is his assistant, who was with him at Michigan, I believe, is now the head coach. Yes. I can't uh, remember his name. Brian, <laughs> uh, Brian Dutcher. Yes, that is. Yes. Yeah, that's him. Yep. Yeah. So, if San Diego State moves on, look who's waiting for them. Who's Could that? Be waiting for them. Who's that? Jack? Michigan. Oh yeah, three seed. You're right. Right there. So, so that could be a really cool storyline if it happens. That could be fun. However, <laughs> I think Michigan could also be. And a little, they they have a tough match here in the first round against Montana. Yeah, the Grizzlies, the Grizz three fourteen right here. I like Montana too. I, there's a lot of these teams that they were solid all year, and Montana's another one. Um, you know, Michigan. I I I don't know if I think they're a three seed or a two seed or a four seed, but I mean, they got the three. <laughs> 
it, it, they won the conference tournament. They won four games in four days. Um, but yeah, Montana's a team. They ran through the big sky this year. Um, uh, Rory, I think is his name. He's their big time player. Uh, yeah, I think, I don't think this is going to be an upset, but I could see how you could, you could pick Montana over Michigan. And I think Michigan is a little overranked. I, yeah, I think they're a little high. The other concern I have with picking Michigan to go deep in this tournament is we talk about how hot they were at the end of the season. Yep. And now having that time off, is that going to be a hindrance to them because of the way that they were playing? It was all momentum based. I think it might. And I think, you know, last podcast, we talked about all the good things that came of the big 10 tournament. But I think the one thing, I don't know if we brought it up or uh, not, but I think the one thing that did hurt them is they did have to, they had to wait a whole week. Um, It's going to be basically almost two weeks that they have to wait to play. And I mean, it does kind of kill some momentum. You know, it's not like they just won the tournament today or, or Saturday. So um, we'll see if they're able to still carry over some of that success that they had at the end of the year. They're also a team that, you know, could go on a run here too. They could, and they've got the players to do it. So any, any other thoughts you want to have on Michigan? Cause they're, you know, they're controversial. They're not controversial. They're a big talking point. Though. They're, they're a big talking point and uh, they did win the big 10. So I got to give them that, but, uh, Michigan, you know, if they get past Montana, Michigan versus Houston or San Diego State, I mean, that's going to be talk about a hot team with Houston. Yeah, <laughs> that, that could be a very interesting matchup. So uh, we'll see. That that could be a fun game on Saturday or Sunday. Okay, so then we've got the seven Texas A and M going up against the ten Providence. And I would almost flip these seeds. I really believe. Ooh. Yeah, I really believe that the these numbers should be flipped i think providence could be i don't know if they're seven but i think they're better than a&m right now um you want to talk about another hot team that's providence right now and they took uh villanova to overtime in the big in the big east championship they beat xavier and they've got like i said they've got the players to do it i think a lot of people uh don't remember they were right around the top 25 if not in the top 25 earlier this season um Kieran Cartwright, very fun point guard to watch. He, he's just a guy that controls the pace of the game. Rodney Bullock is a lights-out scorer as well. Uh, not as good as Trayvon Blewett on Xavier, but he's he's a similar. And then Alpha Diallo is another player to, to watch out for who can uh, really stretch the floor. And, uh, I, you know, he, takes, he might take a few too many shots. Alpha Diallo, his decision-making isn't always the best, but uh, the Friars with Ed Cooley. I, lo- I mean, I love Ed Cooley as a head coach. I think they could give Texas A&M fits. Now, Texas A&M, they do have uh, DJ Hogg, Robert Williams, Tyler Davis. They got some players on the, on the Aggies there. Um, this is going to be a fun 7-10 game. Yeah, definitely. Could you see Providence giving a little bit of a challenge to your North Carolina Tar Heels? <laughs> I feel like I feel like this has happened before where Providence has played North Carolina in one of the early rounds. I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but they could. If they're able to control the pace and uh, they're able to give North Carolina some fits and take away their outside shots, 
They could. Um, I don't. I don't know if I want to necessarily say that. I do like North Carolina quite a bit, but yeah. <laughs> uh, trying to put all all uh, favoritism aside, they could. They really could, and they've they've proven that they can beat teams that are better than North Carolina this year in uh, Xavier. So. So North Carolina is the two seed, and they are going up against the fifteen seed. This is the former NAIA school, former correct? NAI, correct. Lipscomb? Yep, Lipscomb. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Lipscomb taking down Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, what a great story this is. First tournament yeah. appearance ever. I think they became an NCAA school back in 2006, maybe, 2005, right around there. Uh, former NAIA school. So it, it's really a shame because I, I would have liked to have cheered for them in another matchup. But <laughs> it is, it's cool to see them get in. And I'm glad the the committee didn't just throw them to a 16 seed. I really do think that they're a 15 seed, and I think they're a good team. Uh, now, granted, they have to come against play against North Carolina, who, um, you know, was a win against Virginia away from getting a one seed in this tournament. Yeah. But uh, you know, it should still be a fun game for them. Yeah. Any thoughts you have? You any other thoughts you have on the West region as a whole? As a whole, are we going to give our picks yet, or are we going to save that? No, we'll save, we'll save our final four for the end. All right, we can go ahead and move on then to the next Okay. Week. All right, I guess my last thing would be, if you're thinking about filling out a bracket, I would just caution you against picking Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can attest to that, yeah. I think they're a little high. And, I mean, but, hey, if they prove me wrong and – in no way should anyone listen to what I have to say when it comes to filling out a bracket other than, Hey, that's interesting. You know, don't model your bracket after mine. I think Ohio state, Michigan, that could be a pretty cool elite eight matchup. If it gets to it, someone go pick them and then cheer for them. So then you can beat Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. I'm all about the rivalries. And like I say, I keep saying it, it's, it's March. So you never know. It is March. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be I've, – I've already started listening to One Shining Moment on repeat. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good song. Great song. Oh, man. It's, it just always makes me happy. That and then the, the jingle, you know, the, the – da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that gives me chills. That's a great, great jingle. It, it absolutely is. It's your favorite in sports, right? For... I, I think it is. I think it's the best uh, sports intro theme song. Maybe maybe uh, the old NBC basketball NBA on NBC uh, yeah. round ball rock that might be a little bit better, but I don't know. This I, is guess, my... I think part of it is the memories that you have attached to the, what you hear. Oh yeah, definitely. And this is this is my favorite time in the sports in the sports calendar right now, March Madness. And that's why I whenever I hear the baseball tonight music, like that's just. It always that's another one that just makes me happy. That is a good one. Um, but I do agree. This is I'd say March and October the two best sports months of the year. Yep. All right, so we're gonna keep moving. We're going to the East region now. So this is in the top right of your brackets if you're following along at home. We got and Villanova here. Yes, we do, and we have another playing game. Who we got in the playing game, Jack? Radford and LIU is LIU, what I'm seeing Brooklyn. on here. Yep. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. LIU Brooklyn. 
Is do you feel for Radford? Should they be a sixteen or is I think, that about right? I think they could. I think they could be a fifteen or a sixteen without having to play in the playing game. Yeah. Uh, but you know they weren't supposed to win the Big South, and uh, you gotta you gotta do what the committee gives you. Yeah, it's. I kind of wish with these playing games because we always have these conversations about who should and shouldn't be in. I like the playing games are good for having those teams have to fight to get in. Right. So I think I would rather see more playing games with the on the bubble teams and yep. then the conference champions just be locks to get to be in that 64. But at the same time, I understand where they're coming from with some of these teams that may be a lot weaker than some of the others. I am I'm with you on that point. I think every any team that wins their conference tournament should not have to worry about playing into the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh do you like Radford here? Uh to take down LIU Brooklyn? Yeah. Yeah, not to take down Villanova, but No, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> I do like them to take down LIU Brooklyn. And I mentioned uh, Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I mentioned that there were two games that I could see a 16 seed potentially challenging a one seed, making things interesting. This, however, is not one of those this games. Is not one of them. Okay. So yeah, Villanova standing strong. Once again, though, I see another potential game that could be interesting in the second round. Villanova going up against maybe Alabama, the nine seed. Yeah, Alabama's there and Virginia Tech too. Who I'm I'm high on Virginia Tech. Um, you want to talk about this game for a little bit? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so Alabama, uh, you know, another team that brings quite a bit of momentum in right now. They have one of the most electrifying guards in the nation in Colin Sexton, who's going to be a top ten draft pick come June. And uh, who can't who can't uh, not cheer for Avery Johnson? I mean that oh, that man awesome. is he's so much fun. His interviews are awesome. Um, <laughs> gotta love his voice. Oh, you gotta love it. He and he he's able to take a team that is. And, and granted, you'll see a little bit of it. They're a little crazy out there. Um, they can get out of sync. But he's able to take guys like Colin Sexton and and really bring them in to, to hone them in and uh, and really come together as a team. And I think you'll see that against Virginia Tech. Now, I don't know if they're I don't know if they're good enough to be a, a disciplined team like Virginia Tech. Uh, that's going to be a little bit of a challenge. How much discipline? How much more discipline does Virginia Tech have than Alabama, and is that enough to win? But uh, Alabama is another fun team, like Missouri, who's got a top 10 pick on their team, and uh, they're in this 8-9 matchup. Yeah, and we talk about Avery Johnson. He took a job that I thought I thought this was a, bit, a great get for Alabama with not really a whole lot of basketball history. So to get him... I thought he could have been coaching at a much higher level. Oh, I agree. He used to be, he was yeah. one with the Dallas Mavericks, right? Yeah, and they, them they the had finals. the one seed one year. Yeah, yeah, they went to the finals. Probably should have won that championship. Did Dirk win the MVP that year too? That was in 06, I think, right? Yeah. Was that his year? It may have been Steve Nash again. I'm not yeah. sure. Or actually, it could have been, I think that might have been 07. Okay. And, 06, they went to the... 07, they were the one seed. 06, they went to the finals. That's what I'm thinking of. 07, I think they lost to the Sun. Or no, no. The Warriors. The Warriors, that's it. Yep, they, yeah. yep that's, the, that's the year. 
We got to stop sneaking NBA into here. <laughs> we'll talk plenty of NBA when this tournament is through. <laughs> anyway, but, though, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so I thought he was a great get for the uh, I thought he was a great get for the program and it's taken a couple years, but we're starting to see the re- results. Yeah, and they they've got a fantastic squad. Like I said, Colin Sexton, John Petty's another fun guy. Uh, the one thing recently that I've noticed about Alabama is they they have struggled to get points on the board. Um, however, they can completely flip the script like they did against Auburn and, and rattle off 81 in the game. And uh, when I'll say this. I think when Alabama is playing at the highest potential that they can, they're one of the most dangerous teams in the whole tournament. They're a top 25-level yeah. team when yeah. everybody is playing at the highest level, and they're scary. I mean, I don't know if you watched any of that Auburn game, but they were having fun out there. Sexton was shimmying and going behind his back and doing no-look passes, and uh, Petty was you know, hitting shots. And They're a team that, yeah, when, when everyone's on their game, they're really good. When everyone's not, though, they, they get frazzled and they can get taken out of the game real easily. Yeah, I, I could see it. Um, so you think either of these teams could, uh, up against Villanova, that could be an interesting second-round matchup? It could. Um, it could, and I, I don't know if they will. I'm trying to find – it's really hard because I've been looking through this bracket, and I'm trying to find one team that I can kind of, you know, lean back on. and uh, Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and really, it's a steady team. And yeah, because you think say, about the history with a lot of these one seeds. And right. Villanova lost last year to Wisconsin, who I believe was a 10 seed. Right. Um, and Maybe an 8, I can't remember. Can't, yeah, I'm not sure. But, you know, Villanova, I, I think, I don't know, they got Bronson. He's probably the national player of the year. They're uh, a great team. They're a great team. It will be a fun second-round matchup. There's going to be a lot of fun games next Saturday and Sunday. All right, so... We'll keep it moving here, and we've got the five-seed West Virginia Mountaineers taking on the 12-seed Murray State, who's had some success in the tournament in previous years. Yep. So that could be interesting. I, I like West Virginia a lot, though. I do, too, and I think that they're better than their seed looks. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm just high. I'm too high on the Big 12 this year, but I really do think <laughs> they're – I think that they're, if not a top 10 team, they're top 15. Um, they, they should have gotten a three or four, but it is what it is. And, uh, you know, Coach Huggins is going to have them ready with the press Virginia. So, yeah, I I like I've been watching Javon Carter a lot over the last few years. Yes. I've, I've paid attention to him. He's a guy Proviso East. Chicago. Uh, yeah. His co- his cousin, Keith Carter, played at Valpo. That's right. Good yeah. guy. Uh, he beat me in 2K last year. <laughs> he was talking a little bit of smack. <laughs> I deserved it, though. <laughs> I choked in the fourth quarter. Oh. But Javon Carter, man, that guy, I've been looking at him. He looks, I'm not sure if he's, I don't think he, I don't know if he's a first-round pick in the draft, but he's definitely, I look at him as a rotation player in the NBA. Think of, like, Patrick Beverly. Yeah, yeah. You know, a guy that can just lock you down. He's not a great shooter, although Carter has expanded his game this year where he can shoot. He, uh, he, I think he's a pretty good shooter, I'd say. He, he's definitely changed it. I mean, he was not much of a shooter uh, past couple of years here, but he's really uh, expanded his game a lot this year. And, yeah, I think he'll be a second-round pick. Um, but he's a guy, he, he can lock you up. 
he's a nightmare for whoever plays, uh, whoever he plays against, and he's averaging 17 points a game. And he just kind of looks scary because <laughs> he looks like he's 35. Yeah, he should be playing in a men's league somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's really athletic. He is a really nice passer. Yes, and his defense is great. Yeah, and, so and he's he plays NBA level defense. He does. He really does. He's going to give you trouble whoever whoever he's playing against um and they've got other guys too Dexter Miles is a nice player Issa Ahmad uh does his thing and then Sag- Sagaba Kanate I think I'm saying yeah. that right yep you uh did. you know he's he's a guy talk about a shot blocker I mean I think he's averaging over three blocks a game that's got to be good for close to top 10 in the nation um th- this guy is a problem when he's in the lane now he's got to stay out of foul troubles that's been his one knock but West Virginia is a team that's very well-rounded. Um, you know, if Carter's not scoring the ball, it gets a little questionable. But I do like uh, when they are able to get and press uh, on a team and they're able to get ahead that way, it's, it's really hard to get back into a game. Yeah, and Javon Carter, just he's like the perfect guard for Bob Huggins, oh, right? Perfect. Yeah, perfect for that kind of, yeah, just, just the style of play there. And uh, Kanate, right? Yes, yep. I think he's going to be the guy that if West Virginia sticks around a couple of rounds, like you're going to see people tweeting about him and being like, man, what a great name. And yeah. Well, and I I've, think a little bit, I don't know if he's this level in terms of overall gameplay, but he's going to have a few big blocks like Jordan Bell did last year for Oregon. Yeah. He, yeah he's going to have a few of those. Definitely. So they're a threat. They could win this region. They could. They could. We're going to go down and we can talk a little bit about another team that I like a lot, just as a program overall. Haven't watched them super closely this year, but that's the four-seed Wichita State, and they are going up against the 13-seed Marshall. And this is when's the last time Marshall made the tournament, Evan? Do you know? I want to say it was 1985. Yeah, it's something well, like that. I think that's so the they've longest gone, drought. Well, that's the same at Loyola Chicago in 1985. They were 85 too? Okay. Yeah, I believe so. It's been a while. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, so they're a team returning, so they're going to be hungry. So that should be a fun matchup too. And they took Middle Tennessee's spot, so people are upset. Look at that. Is Okay, I'm going to go back for a second. Murray State. Are they a threat at all to West Virginia, or is that? I mean, that seems like that'll be another trendy twelve-five pick. It'll be very trendy, especially since Murray State has had success in the past, yeah. uh, being able to knock off. I can't remember what year it was, but they beat maybe Vanderbilt or someone as a thirteen seed. It was a buzzer beater shot, and they that year they were like they won like thirty games or something. They did, yeah, and they've got a guy. Jonathan Stark, he's averaging over 20 points a game. Uh, he's been there a couple of years now. He, I mean, if he gets going, who knows? They came out of Ohio Valley, which is another solid conference. Um, they were able to you know, take down Belmont, a very solid team. I, I still think West Virginia is the team, to, the team that will come out of it. But like I said, if Carter shots off, if they're not able to get ahead and establish the press, this could be... A, this could be I don't know if it'll be a blowout, but I could see Murray State winning this game by by quite a bit. Yeah, I could see it too. Again, something you can't quite predict. It is in March. It really is. 
But let's let's talk a little bit about you like Wichita State. I do. I do really like Wichita State. Um, you know, playing in the American Conference, I believe this was their first year, and they had some trouble with Houston uh, Saturday uh, the other day, but. They've got a lot of good players. It's not quite, you know, the Ron Baker years. And I guess that's another team right there. I just thought of that one. When you were, t- when you were asking about favorite teams before, I would take that Wichita yeah. State team with Ron Baker and Clay Anthony Early and Fred Van Vliet. Uh, that was a fun one. But Did they inspire your ESPN name? The sho- name? No, no, that's that's from another thing. But I do, I do <laughs> like that they are called the Shockers. I do like that. Yeah. And I think... Uh, you know, great name. Yeah, you can always write article headlines with you know shocking, you know shocking upset, shocking shock the world, shock the world. Yeah, so it works for a lot of different, a lot of different taglines. But uh, yeah, Landry, Landry Shamet, he's a very good player. Shaq Morris has really been the guy on this team recently, um, and and Connor Frankamp, uh, he's another guy that could play with Javon Carter in that thirty-five and up league. Uh, I don't know if you've seen him before. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe I have. <laughs> Check him I'm out. sure. I'm sure he'll jump out at me. He's always finding a way to week. get on the camera. It seems like so you'll you'll see him. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, they've got some guys. Uh, Shamit and Shaq Morris are their two big guys, and then the guy that I was really hoping would take a big step this year, and I know he missed a lot of the season uh, earlier with an injury, but that's Marcus McDuffie, and he's a guy. He just he just oozes potential I mean you just watch him play and he's just long and lanky and he's got so many different uh dimensions to his game he's a guy that he could go off for 20 or 25 a game he could also just disappear and not score at all so um, I think if they're going to be successful they're going to need Marcus McDuffie to play up to his potential and uh, they they can make a deep run this year uh before we continue you like Marshall at all, or you know, I I, think? I will say this: I I did not pay attention to them much this year. Um, the two teams I watched in they were the surprising. USA, yeah, they were, and I, I watched uh, a lot of Middle Tennessee and a lot of Western Kentucky. And Marshall kind of they did take two games from Middle Tennessee, but they they kind of came out of nowhere and uh, you know marched right into into the tournament. Um, so I I don't know. They're fun, but I, I like Wichita State more. Okay, and if you're looking ahead at a potential Wichita State-West Virginia oh, man. matchup. Yeah. Man, I, I don't know who to pick in that one. <laughs> That's another one. I mean, West Virginia, anytime they play it, it's a matter of are they on their game that day? Are they able to establish the press? Are they, you know, is, is Carter playing up to the level offensively and defensively that he can? Um, and the same can be said for Wichita State. Are all the guys firing? I mean, a lot of that can be said for a lot of teams, but I think those are the two that really need to hit their stride most. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. I'm not going to make any predictions on that no. here. <laughs> Too early. Let's see if we get there. So we'll keep it moving. In the And this is also in the East region. We are working through this slowly but steadily. <laughs> we have the six seed Florida Gators up against another playing game winner, and that is the Bonnies and who's the other one? LA is what's showing up on here for me. I'm sorry, what? Do you know who's playing this playing game? Again who's gonna play Florida? Uh it's Saint Bonaventure and uh UCLA. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. For <laughs> it just shows up on here as L.A. Oh, on um, yeah. I yeah. I see what I see it now. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, you want to preview this playing game? Playing game, yeah. So I I made a comment earlier in the show talking about Davidson's win helping the A10, and I think it helped Saint Bonaventure into the into the bracket, which is inter- is an interesting concept. And I was kind of playing yeah. it through my head earlier, but. I really think that Davidson's win helped St. Bonnie's get in. And not, not to knock St. Bonnie's for having a bad year or anything, but um, I, for one, didn't have them in my bracket. And uh, I think the win against Davidson showed that this is a stronger conference. Um, St. Bon- Bonaventure beat Rhode Island earlier. They beat Syracuse, another tournament team. And uh, while they did lose to Davidson twice, I think that this is a team that uh, – Jalen Jalen Adams, I believe is his name. He's a guy to watch out for. I mean, he's he's a guy. He could put up twenty any night that he wants to. He probably will put up at least twenty in this play-in game. Um, but UCLA on the other side, they're another team I did not have them in. Um, but Aaron Holiday, he yeah, he's playing some, can ball. he's playing some of the best basketball in the whole nation right now. And people are not third even Holiday installment. He is, yeah. He's he, you know you got Drew and Justin in the NBA. And I really like the entire family. I think that they're uh, they got good head on their shoulders. Yeah, but Aaron Holiday, you know, the other day I was looking at his stats and I just I was baffled. I didn't realize that he was putting up as many points as he is. He's he had back to back thirty four point games in the uh, to to close out the season, and then fifteen against Arizona in that loss. But uh, yeah, UCLA they got Thomas Wells still. Um, from last year, no Lonzo ball anymore, but still <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no more balls whatsoever. Yeah. None at all. They've, they've completely, uh, gotten out of that program, but addition by subs- addition by subtraction. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, this matchup, particularly Aaron holiday versus Jalen Adams. I, I like it. I think UCLA, as you mentioned, Aaron holiday, some of those guys on the West Coast are easy to get overlooked because they play so late. Right. So, like, that, they're, uh, there's a game the other night, uh, Pac-12 game, that started after the North Carolina-Duke game. And it was, it was like, it was starting up around 11 p.m. Yeah. on Central Time. <laughs> I think that was, the, I think it was UCLA-USC maybe or um, something. Yeah. I have watched him play a couple of times this year. He looks great. Who's that? Holiday. Looked, yeah, Holiday. Yeah. I, I I watched him last year a little bit, and he showed a lot of athleticism. Yeah, and he's gotten to do more with the ball in his hands. Uh, keep in mind, last year they had they had Lonzo. They also had Bryce Alford. So they had a lot of guards. And this year, he's really gotten to shine. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad this year. Um, yeah, he was buried behind, like you said, Ball, Alford, um, Isaac Hamilton. And he's finally gotten that starting role now, and he's got he's he's the guy on UCLA. He's got that feature role. And did Justin play at UCLA too? Justin Holiday. Yeah, where did he think play? He played there. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Let me uh, Washington. I just looked it up. Washington. Yeah, University okay. of Washington. So uh, Pac-12, but yeah, not UCLA. So. So all right. Could you? I I could very well see the winner of the play-in game beating Florida in the first round. I could too. I really could. Um, I think the play-in game could sometimes function as the way the wild card game works in baseball. Yeah. 
where it gives a chance uh, the teams a chance to get out there, get a feel for the neutral court, get some shots in, and just work off the rust a little bit. Definitely, and you get that extra win going ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, given the opportunity, you don't pick the play-in game because that's one extra game that you have to play. You'd like to get a little more rest, maybe, and you'd like to have the assurance of being there in the round of 64, but... I think it could. I think it could go a long way for one of these teams. I do too, and I think UCLA. It's it's probably one of the better things for them. I think um, because they they can win this game, and then they can piggyback right off of it. And I think they could beat Florida. Do you know where the these games are being played? The uh, sixty-four games for Florida versus the playing game winner. I'm not entirely sure. Well, the the playing game is always in Dayton. Um, okay. But I'm not sure where the Florida game is. I want to say I saw that it's in Texas. Uh, so another thing is you think about some of these teams from the West Coast, when they have to travel, they have to get up two hours earlier or three hours earlier. Right. So like you said, that could also be in UCLA's best interest, getting a, a win under their belts, having that experience of maybe having to get up earlier for a game. Right. So I, I I definitely like the winner of that. I could also see the Bonnies coming out of that strong they too. Could, though. Yeah, and and I'm not. I I gotta go. Uh, I gotta say something about Florida real quick. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, if if they are hitting their threes, um, and I know I keep saying this, it seems like every team in this bracket, if they're playing to their potential, they're gonna dominate. But Florida's another team. Jalen Hudson, if he's hitting his shot, uh, Eager Kulichov, if he's hitting his shot. Chris Chioza, uh, he's another really fun guy to watch. If they're able to put the ball in the basket from behind the three-point line, they can run up the score on anyone, and they've shown it this year by uh, taking down, who was it, Gonzaga, um, Cincinnati, Auburn, Kentucky, just a few of their big wins. Is this the right spot for Florida? Is this, I think they, are they a six? Yeah, I think they did it well. Um, I think they're yeah six seven right around there. Okay, yeah, a couple of these, and we're gonna get to another one in a, in a second. Um, a couple of these, I heard some people saying, "Oh, I don't know if they're a six seed, but yeah, I could see it." Yeah, I think I might have had them down as an eight, um, an eight seed, but you know, it, it's really up to the committee, and they did have quality wins this year. Canyon Berry's gone, right? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, no more uh, yeah, no more what was he the underhanded free throws. Yeah, those no are more great. That, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun watching a, uh Rick Berry's DNA uh, once again right. <laughs> playing on a national stage. Oh, definitely. And the name Canyon okay. is awesome. Oh, yeah, great name. Awesome name. I was surprised when I noticed that he was Rick Barry's son. I thought he was his grandson right. at first. <laughs> I was saying the same thing. My parents were confused. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving along, we have the three-seed Texas Tech going up against the 14-seed. This is a storied NCAA tournament team in recent memory, Stephen F. Austin. The Lumberjacks. Are the, is Texas Tech on up, upset alert here? I think they could be, but I really do like Texas Tech, and I think they. I think it hurt that Keenan Evans didn't play at the end of the year because now they do have to play against a team like Stephen F. Austin instead of a 15 seed. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, they could be. The, the Lumberjacks are nice, and uh, they've they've got a few guys. T.J. Holyfield is a very good player. Uh, Shannon uh, Shannon Bogues, he's a very nice player too. And they went twenty eight and six, winning the Southland Conference altogether. So um, another interesting thing to note about this game is this game. So I was yeah, the Florida game is played in Dallas. This game is played in Dallas, Texas as well. So it should be a great showing. Yeah, for both. They're gonna have both a teams. good turnout. Yeah, this should be a fantastic game. Yeah, that, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Even if Stephen F. Austin doesn't win, that's gonna be a lot of fun for their fans. It will, and I hope they put this game at night. I hope they put this at a prime time slot. I, I'm not sure if they did or not, but uh, yeah, that that should be a great game. Okay, so we're gonna keep going here. We've got seven Arkansas going up against ten Butler. Yeah, and this is a fun game with the Razorbacks and the Bulldogs. I think this is one where the committee was right, um, putting Butler at a, at a 10. I don't know if Arkansas is quite a 7, but they did have a nice year. Um, let me talk about Butler first, if that's all right. So, yeah, sure. Yeah, the Bulldogs. Um, Keelan Martin is a guy, the big name that you need to remember if you haven't seen him play yet. 20-point um, score, really can do it all, um, puts the team on his back. And then Kamar Baldwin is another guy who he had a couple big shots last year. I think he had the buzzer beater against Northwestern to win it um, earlier in the season last year. And uh, this year he's, he's been putting up 15 a game. He's a sophomore. Um, I think I really do believe by the end of his, his career at Butler, he could be an NBA player, but um, yeah, Keelan Martin and Kamar Baldwin, they really proved they, they got the dynamic duo there. Uh, they'll have to come against Arkansas though, who has, uh, Daryl Macon and then Daniel Gafford, who uh, many don't know, but Daniel Gafford is looking at being maybe a lottery pick, uh, maybe a, a late first rounder. He's right around there. Uh, very raw freshman. I want to say he's close to seven feet tall, if not seven feet tall. And uh, he's only he's averaging 11 and six this year. But, you know, Arkansas is a team that, that uh, I, I could I could see them beating Butler, um, although Butler has they, they played in the Big East. They can hit big shots. Uh, they, they took down Villanova. Granted, it wasn't Hinkle, but it's still a big win. So this should be a fun 7-10 game. Could the winner of this game put Purdue in trouble? Yes, in yes, the second yes, round? yes. <laughs> and I, I, would take, I would take Arkansas, I think, over Purdue. Um, wow. Yeah, I would. And I think it's because of Daniel Gafford. I think if he's... If he is as good, and you know, I didn't, I didn't watch too much of him. I did see a little bit of him, and he seems raw. But if he, you know, if he's able to put together a game and and shut down Purdue's big men like Michigan was able to, I think, I think, like we were talking about, Purdue was exposed a little bit. If they come against a team like Arkansas that's able to stop Isaac Haas, uh, I don't know if Carson Edwards and Vince Edwards are able to to take them out of the hole. I could see it. I could definitely see it. Got to give a little bit of love to Butler once again. Just a shout out to them for what they've been able to do out of the Horizon League. Definitely. Uh, once upon a time, they were just a regular Horizon League team, and now they're a Big East team that is now a perennial tournament team. And they that large bid. They've been able to, like yeah, like you said, create a program where they've gone from a smaller conference to the Big East now. And they've they've had two coaches, Brad Stevens and Chris Holtman, go on to yeah. find success with other schools. 
um, after bringing them to another level. So, you know, Brad, I guess Brad Stevens is with Boston. That's not a school, but Chris Holtman with uh, Ohio State, he's got them in the tournament this year. So, uh, and now they got LaBelle Jordan. So, yeah. Who the Butler, Butler alum, who I thought another guy, Horizon League, did a, a, an excellent job with Milwaukee in his one year there. Yeah. And, and good for him getting them into the tournament this year. So he's a good coach. He'll be fun to watch. And going, okay, so Purdue rounding out this bracket is the two-seed Purdue Boilermakers up against 15, Cal State Fullerton. Do you know anything about Fullerton? I really don't know too much about them. Again, they were another team that wasn't the favorite to win that division or that conference. Uh, Should have been probably UC Davis, UC Irvine, uh, even UC Santa Barbara. But yeah, Cal State Fullerton's in as a 15. Um, I had them as a 16 playing in the play-in game. But, um, yeah, I think Purdue, you know, I think that they'll be able to get past this game. I think they are got they got to be worried about that 7-10 game, but they got to take care of business first. Yeah, I, I like Purdue a lot. I mentioned last week I'm very high on Purdue this year. I like them as just a well-rounded squad. They have a pair of seven-footers. Yep. They shoot the ball pretty well. They have good ball movement, good guard play. So I like them a lot. I could definitely see some of these teams giving them trouble. But, yeah, I guess if you have any other thoughts you want to – looking at this region as a whole, anything stick out to you? Um, I think this is one – Looking ahead. I think this is one that, um, it, you know – and. I, don't take my word for it, but I think this could be pretty close to chalk, um, at least for the first round or two. Yeah, um, I can see it. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Some teams can get hot, and uh, I'll, I'll reveal who I think is going to come out of this one. Okay. Yeah, so we'll get to that. we got one more region to cover. Uh, I'm just looking at this. If there's anything else that sticks in my head, I agree. I think it could be a lot of chalk. I think you're going to have a really good 4-5 battle in the second round. Yep. As uh, no upsets, um, I think Alabama Villanova or Virginia Tech Villanova could be a fun second round match. Yep. Arkansas Purdue, like we were talking about. Yeah. So and then after that, <laughs> craziness could ensue. It could. Yeah. Sec- second so, and third round of this could get could get pretty crazy. Yeah, I think I definitely agree. I think we will, and <laughs> I'm going to be wrong because I'm <laughs> always wrong when it comes to March Madness, but. I think this will be one that shouldn't be too hard to make some picks through. Not as tough as that south bracket. Yeah. All right. So let's go Midwest. This is the final region of the bracket. Bottom right, if you're following along at home. And, Evan, we've reached the point <laughs> that I teased at the earlier on in this podcast. What's that? I mentioned that a couple of one seeds – could be in some interesting matchups against 16 seeds. Oh. Could you see? And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that there's an upset. I'm just talking close game for most of the game gets really interested. Interesting in the last few minutes. Could you see Penn coming out of the Ivy League giving Kansas a good challenge in the first round? I would love to, but I don't see it happening. Um, <laughs> I, I think it could be one of those games though, like the UMBC Virginia game where it is close till about the yeah. 10 minute mark. And then Kansas mm-hmm. is able to, okay, let's stop messing around, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
you know, the one thing I will say is Penn plays a number of guys. And Kansas really only has a six or seven man rotation. So if they do get into a, a game where there's a lot of fouls, um, there's some foul trouble on Kansas's side or um, some fatigue starts setting in, which I don't know if there will be. Um, but if it gets to that point, anything can really happen. And, and I think it helps Penn that they played in the Ivy League tournament this year. We were just talking about momentum coming in. Uh, the Ivy League finally ho- hosted their own conference tournament this year. And granted, it was only four teams, but Penn was able to win two games in the last two days. And uh, they're, they're able to take that, whereas before they'd have to sit and wait a couple weeks before they play. Yeah. Good on the Ivy League for bringing Definitely. that in. And what a, what a cool I, venue to play it in the Palestra, too. Oh, yeah. Where? Sorry. The Palestra. Penn, yeah, Penn, Pennsylvania's uh, home court. One of the yeah. coolest, if, if you haven't seen it, Google it. Check it out. It's got to be one of the top five college basketball venues. All right. I'm going to actually unfamiliar with that. I'm check gonna it Google out that when we get finished up, you guys who are following along should definitely Google it right now. Make sure I look, sound dumb, but <laughs> make sure you're still I always like watching. <laughs> I, I always like watching the Ivy league schools in the first round. They play an interesting brand of basketball. They shoot the ball pretty well. They control possession. They have good ball movement. And some of these Ivy League schools have done pretty well in the, over the past few years. You look at Harvard, yep. uh, Yale, I believe. Did they beat Baylor? Yale. Yeah, as a 12 seed, I think that was yeah. two years back, three years back. Maybe. Yeah, and then they they played. Duke, they gave Duke a little bit of an interesting first half. They did. Um, yeah, Duke pulled away towards late in the game, and then uh, you also could look at last year with Princeton. They played Notre Dame down to the wire, and they. Almost won that, that game, was, too. That was another great game, yeah. So the Ivy League is I, – I I mean, it's it's fun because you see these guys who are super smart, and they play really, really smart. Yeah, and that, that could be – if they're able to control this pace a little bit, uh, that could slow down Kansas. So, yeah, I, I could – I still, I think that'll be an interesting game. I'm going to say, I'll, you can put me on record <laughs> saying that'll be interesting. I'm not, the thing is, is Kansas every single year, man, they're a one or a two seed and they don't make it to the second weekend often <laughs> anymore. It seems like that. Yeah. Bill Self's always had a team where they've had talent and I don't know if they have any outstanding NBA talent on this team, but uh, in the past he hasn't been able to get them over that second weekend so yeah we'll see yeah they definitely will get to the second weekend sometimes they don't but yeah they uh they normally will get to the second weekend and they don't get past it right i need to correct myself right moving along we have an eight nine matchup which could you this is the eight seed seton hall mm-hmm. and the nine seed nc state could this be another problematic one versus an eight nine or not really i do i do believe it could um and i really like seton hall i don't think that they're an eight seed this year i think they should be higher um they've got a number of great players and they played really well in the big east most notably angel delgado he's averaging a double double 13 and 11 this year uh kadeem carrington is another guy who can score in bunches and then nc state you got to look at them too and they they had big wins this year knocking off 
uh, North Carolina, Duke, Clemson, and Arizona. So some big wins there from the Wolfpack. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about it the last the last time we, we got on this. And it's interesting how North, North Carolina State has been able to play better this year, or at least they've had more success without Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is very strange. And Washington was the same way without Fultz this year. They, I think they just missed the tournament, if you ask me. Um, so it's interesting to see a couple of those teams get better almost when, yeah, when you take a totally. superstar off. All right, so I, I don't have any further comments on that. We'll keep it going. We got five Clemson against 12 New Mexico State. I think this is a – everyone loves the 12 five, the 5 12 <laughs> matchups. New Mexico State is a recognizable tournament team. Could this be interesting? This could be an upset right here. I believe it could. Um, Clemson is a team – they were they were really solid in the ACC play. Um, they've got a number of great players too: Gabe Devoe, Dante uh, Grantham. He's a very good player. But New Mexico State, they were one of the the mid majors who was able to um, you know ride the wave this season and um, finish out on top twenty eight and five. And I actually think that they're probably the best uh, mid major team that won their conference this year. So I I, I do like the Aggies this year. Um, I think they could get past Clemson here. I could definitely see it. And once again, I have no further comment. Let's <laughs> <laughs> keep it moving. Yeah, keep it moving. We got this. This one was a lot of fun on the selection show today. <laughs> there was a lot of talk about Barclays Auburn, number four. They're the four seed in this region against 13. College of Charleston. Haven't seen them in there in a while, no, have we? I think it's been a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do like this one. Um, I think Auburn, I haven't been high on them all season. I think they're a little overrated, and they got smacked by Alabama um, in that SEC tournament. But Yeah, you know, they did. Auburn's a team. They, they've gone 25-7. and seven. They shared uh, the conference title with Tennessee. Uh, the regular season title that is, and Bryce Brown is a very good player. Uh, Mustafa Heron's a very good player too, and uh, you know this is a team. You know who knows with this team. I don't know if they're a four seed or not. Um, an Auburn Clemson game would be interesting, but I could see this being an upset too. Going along, going along, moving along once again. We've got the six-seed TCU Horned Frogs. <laughs> I don't think my sister was in the other room. Uh, if she can hear me, Laura, are you here? <laughs> no? Okay. I was uh, I was hoping we could get a nice little background noise uh, cheering for the frogs. My sister being a freshman. Actually, fun, interesting fact. So my sister is a freshman at TCU. She wasn't alive the last time the frogs made the tournament. Wow. And when was that? 1998. Wow. So that was the spring of 98. She was born in the fall of 1998. So, I mean, unless you've been held back, every single freshman in the freshman class at TCU was not alive when the last time that the Frogs were in the tournament. That's pretty exciting, though. So six seed, is that about right for the Frogs? I think that's about right. Um, Maybe a five. Um, They had a very solid year again, and – they were able to overcome, and we talked about this a little bit off off the podcast, Jalen Fisher's injury. Um, yeah. 
it was hard on them, I think, for a little bit, but they've been able to overcome it, and they were one of the better teams in the Big 12 this year. They've surprised me. I think they've surprised everyone throughout this entire season. Yeah, and Alex Robinson, let me just give him a little uh, nod. He's done He's done a, a nice job coming in, really taking the point guard role. Um, nine points, six assists this year. Uh, Desmond Bain, He. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw, he knocked down that big buzzer beater against Kansas State in the Big 12 uh, conference tournament. He is a guy that can fill it up. So, yeah, TCU is a team that, I think they're I think they're right about a six seed. Okay, so as a six seed, they're taking on Arizona. This is the winner of Arizona State Syracuse. So this is our last playing game. Right. And yeah. Do you have any quick thoughts on that playing game? Uh, I don't know. I don't really like either one of these teams too much. <laughs> I had them both out. Um Yeah. And I I know we can't go without mentioning Arizona State starting out twelve and zero with wins over Kansas and Xavier in that stretch, but they have just looked awful. I mean, they've gone one and five in their last. They've gone one and five since February tenth. Wow. Um, that's <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's not too hot. Um, and then Syracuse, I would have liked to have seen Louisville in over Syracuse. Just looking at you know ACC and ACC. Uh, they do hold the the win over Louisville, um, and it'll be fun to see guys like Tyus Battle and Frank Howard uh, play for Syracuse. Plus, we get to see that that two three zone of Bayheim. So, uh, but I don't think either one of these teams can take down TCU. So I may be giving him a little too much credit, but I like watching Bobby Hurley coach in the tournament. Yeah, that is He's fun. Just, no, that is yeah, because <laughs> he's a he's an NCAA legend as a player. He was a I mean that was a they the Duke teams in the '90s were amazing, and you know it was him Leitner and Grant Hill. He was always the gritty point guard. I think he actually was pretty good in the NBA before he got in a car accident. Right, he had that crazy car accident. Yeah, and he was on that team that the college all stars that beat the Dream Team. That's right. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, he's got there's a great history of him as a player. So to see. I think it's a lot of fun seeing a lot of these former players, you know, Chris Mullen, Patrick Ewing. Granted, those teams are not in the tournament, but it's fun watching them. I, I like Hurley a lot as a coach. You know, um, Bayheim is obviously, you know, we know we know a lot about Bayheim yeah. being a great coach. He's a legend. So I, I think that should be, for a playing game, I think that should be pretty fun just with the coaches. I think it will, yeah. I don't know if it will have too much of an impact on the rest of the bracket, but, yeah, that should be fun. Yeah. Is that the is that the most exciting, or no, is the other 11 seed the most exciting? I like the game? other 11 seed a little bit better, St. Yeah. Bonnie's and UCLA. UCLA Bonnie's, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, this one, this one will be fun, too, especially with Arizona having such a good start to the year earlier and then just falling right now. Yeah, so you're seeing TCU. Are you are you predicting right now TCU winning its first NCAA tournament game since? I'm gonna look that up. Or is, is that what you're? Uh, I, I, or is that what you're forecasting? I think so. I think it'll be their first in a while. So their first. Let's see. They've made it to the round of. Okay, they've they've had a little bit of success. The last time they won. And made it to the round of 32 was 1987. Wow, it's a long time yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah, so that was before either of us were alive. Yeah, yeah, well before. So yeah, I think they'll do it. 
So then we have the three seed Michigan State going up against 14 Bucknell. Is Michigan State at this point a lock to just go to the Sweet 16 with playing in Detroit? I don't know if they're a lock necessarily. Um, I think that they will get past TCU, um, and they, they could do some damage in this bracket. But I don't know. I've been a little weary of them recently just, just with their play against teams that are able to control the pace. So um, I'm, not, I'm not, I don't know if I call them a lock, but I think that they're, they're pretty likely. Looking ahead, this is looking ahead, but you know we're near the end of this bracket. We have the potential, if we go chalk, we could get a 2-3 Izzo versus Coach K Sweet 16 matchup. Yeah, this bracket, I don't know how this happened, but Kansas, Duke, and Michigan State, I mean, that's three big-time three big <laughs> college programs. Plus, you got Syracuse as the 11. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that would be quite the game to see Michigan State and Duke in the round of 16. Yeah, I we talked about it last week. We think we both think Michigan State is just kind of missing something. You mentioned the problem with controlling pace or playing teams that control can control the pace right. of the game. And yeah, so are they in any trouble though against Bucknell or I don't think so. I really don't. Yeah. Bucknell is pretty uh definitely one of the best teams in the patriot league oh yeah make it a lot yeah if not the best um yeah in the past few years they have been um and they've got a guy named zach thomas too who's averaging over 20 a game so yeah they've had a they've had a fantastic year i just think it ends with michigan state i do too so here's the (laughs) here's something that i heard a lot on the selection show is that oklahoma is going to lose to rhode island which is the seven ten Rhode Island being the seven seed, Oklahoma being the ten seed. I I think I pretty much agree. I think Rhode Island has a great team, but do you have any thoughts there? I really like Rhode Island. <laughs> Let me just yeah. say it. Um, they did lose to St. Joe's by thirty a couple weeks ago, but they have probably three or four guards, probably four honestly. They could all score the ball very well. Um, and Langevine, that's a name to remember. He's a big guy. He comes in after uh, Andre Barry needs a rest, who's their big man. Uh, but he's another guy kind of like, who was I Who was I talking about earlier? Kanate maybe on West Virginia, who's kind of raw. Yeah. Um, that can come in and get some blocks, get some energy, very long and lanky. Um, and then, yeah, EC Matthews, Jared Terrell, Jeff Doughton, Stanford Robinson, Jarvis Garrett. I mean, it, I'm not just rattling off names. These are guys that can all play <laughs> at a high level and – um, you know, they can all put the ball in the basket. Remind me Rhode Island's coach's name again. He's he's the brother of Hurley, uh, Dan Hurley. I think oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So is, is he auditioning for his next coaching job right I now? I think he's about to take a big step. I really do. Where could you potentially see him? Uh, man, I'm trying to think anywhere that would be open. Um I don't know. Maybe Pittsburgh. I don't know. Pittsburgh needs a new Pittsburgh, coach. Yeah. Um, Georgia just fired Mark Fox. Um, I don't know if I'd go from. I don't know. Georgia's a solid school, but it would be fun to stay at Rhode Island. Um, but a lot of these, a lot of these guys are about to leave. I think E.C. Matthews is a senior. Um, I think Jared Terrell might be a senior too. So it will be interesting to see. It, it would be smart of him, I think, to if he's able to get the win against Oklahoma to move on. 
I definitely could see Rhode Island going on a run here. It's it works against them that you mentioned they're in this they're in this uh, region with all these college basketball royalty and superpowers. Yeah, and it, it does it does hurt them, but uh, I think that they can get I I think they'll get past Oklahoma with Trey Young, um, and that's I mean I don't want to discount anyone else, but that's really all Oklahoma has. Um, yeah, you know, Christian James can do a little bit. Cameron McGusty is all right, but um, I think I think if they play Duke, and we can get to that in a second, they could they could do some trouble. So who's that last matchup down there, Jack? That is two seed Duke against fifteen Iona, who has had some pretty decent teams in the past. They haven't really done. A, they haven't made their mark in the tournament quite yet, have they? No, not not significantly. They were last year, I think there are people who, they were kind of trendy pick as maybe a 13 or a 14 That sounds about right. And I think they got ran off the court. Yeah. But they have a good program for a mid-major. I think Duke is pretty safe here. Considering what Duke has, you know, they've gone out early the last couple years. It's, It's really hard for me to envision them going out early three straight years. I think they're going to go out. I think they're going to go really deep. However, Rhode Island could be a potential wrinkle. They could be the point. stumbling block, yeah. And I, I agree with you. I think Duke ends up making it pretty far, but I might have to pick Rhode Island just because I like them so much, and I, I do really think that they could match up against Duke. I, I could totally see it. I'm probably going to be picking some other upsets, so I don't want to <laughs> go a little too crazy right. on the upsets. I have a tendency of doing that. Um, but I could, I could totally see it. And I think, I mean, this is not going to be an easy path for, no, it won't. Yeah. They, I mean, they might have to go Rhode Island and then Michigan state right after that. And then Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. So, I mean, if they're able to make the final four, man, whoever comes out of this bracket really is going to, is going to be on fire. Totally. So looking at this region as a whole, any other thoughts that you have? It's just loaded with blue bloods. <laughs> Kansas, <Yeah. laughs> Duke, Michigan State. Um, we'll see. I mean, I think this is a very solid region. Yeah, and there, there aren't, there are not a lot of uh, little schools in this one. No, not really. Even the, the underdogs are pretty. Yeah, big. New Mexico State. Uh, they're they're starting to establish themselves here, and yeah, you said Bucknell. Um, they're another school that started to establish themselves. So. Okay, Evan, I think it's time we get to our final four Let's picks. do it. All right, so let's – we won't just rattle them off, all right? So let's <laughs> – we'll both give our picks. Let's say South. Who do you have in the South? Man. <sighs> <laughs> this is so tough. I know – Really tough. Um, man, it's tough because if Cincinnati's playing well, there there could be a team – I'm going to say I think Arizona puts aside everything. I think Arizona is the team that could come out of this. Um, they could lose in first round to Buffalo, but I think people are going to yeah. start knowing more about DeAndre Ayton. I think people are going to realize Alonzo Trier might be more of an end-of-the-first-round pick um, in the NBA draft. And if they're able to get past Kentucky – I think they can take uh, Virginia, and I think they'll end up winning the whole thing in this, in at least this region, and making it to San Antonio. Okay, I will see your Arizona, <laughs> and I will raise you Kentucky. Okay, 
I think it'll either be, I think the winner of the Kentucky-Virginia game is going to win this, win this region. I think, I mean, Virginia has to get the monkeys off their back as well. They've been a team that's been super talented and has been a high seed the last couple of years. And I, this is the, have they made it to the Elite Eight? Did they go to the Elite uh, Eight? Or, I don't know if they did or, or not. the Sweet 16. Yeah, they, so they haven't quite gone, lived up to their potential. Um, so they're a team that I'm really hesitant to pick. I like Kentucky because they're clicking at the right time. It's Calipari. Uh, and th- think about – if you think about some of these years, like last year they went to the Elite Eight, I believe, and they were – were they a three seed or – Three or four maybe, maybe. yeah. Yeah, so they weren't, they weren't the high seed. Uh, they had a tough matchup against Wichita State, but they've been a little forgotten, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, another year, if you look at the year that they were, were they an eight seed in 2014? Yeah, when they took down uh, Wichita. Yeah, and they did they go to the championship game that year? I think they did. Played UConn? I think that's right, yeah, that sounds. Yeah, so it's weird with Kentucky because it seems like when they're seated lower, they sometimes outperform themselves than when they're the high seed. I agree, yeah, and it, I think as a five right now, Coach Cal is locked in and he thinks that he's got a team. And, you know, earlier in the season, they were a top ten team in the nation, which means they would have been a one, two, maybe a three seed, so... Yeah, I mean, if he he's got a very young squad, um, but a lot of NBA talent here, and this could be yeah. I think I think Kentucky Arizona will be a great game, and Kentucky Virginia if it gets to that could be a great game. I I I see it. I think Kentucky Arizona would be a great game. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Evan. <laughs> I think it's gonna be super interesting to watch. I think my prediction is I like Cincinnati a lot. I don't see them coming out of the. I think I could see Nevada beating them. I feel like they're going to have some trouble with some of those underdogs on the other side of the Yeah, region. and there's a lot over there too, so. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like Kentucky. I think I it's hard to quantify why they have done better in a lot of years when they're lower seeds than when they're higher seeds. My estimation would be that coach Cal is able to use that really as motivation for his guys. Definitely. And I think he's got a team this year that he's able to He'll be able to stir that up. Yeah. So, all right, let's go. Let's go down to the West, Evan. Who is your Final Four team coming out of the West? Out of the West. I think I. I think I can. I know where <laughs> Who you're going. Who do you think? North Carolina. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I have to go with North Carolina, and I really, actually, do believe that they'll able, they'll be able to cruise through that bottom portion of the bracket and get to the Elite Eight. And I do think we could see a Gonzaga North Carolina game. Um, to get into the Final Four, uh, I think I think North Carolina would have a little bit more than Gonzaga, and I, I like them going uh, to the Final Four. I I agree with you, but for the sake of discussion, I'll go Gonzaga. Right. I I think it. My argument would be that it's super hard to beat the same team in a championship game two years in a row yeah. now granted this is not a championship game but yeah it's the it's even, the west regional championship if that means anything yeah but yeah still <laughs> and i mean think about just let's just think about some recent uh title games so the warriors were not able to beat the Cavs two years in a row 
Alabama was not able to beat Clemson two years in a row. Uh, the what's another? Oh, another one. Maybe just as a good college basketball example. Wisconsin lost to Kentucky. I'm pretty sure, right? Didn't they lose to Kentucky one year and then the next they year they were able Kentucky? to take them down? Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, it's really tough. You think about law of averages. I mean, college basketball is just always super random because of the rosters changing every single year. But I, I, I could see Gonzaga winning this, so I'll go with Gonzaga. I think, yeah, I, I think another team though that could be a dark horse is Houston. Okay, yeah, they're they're hot at the right time. Yeah, and yeah, I think they could get past Michigan. Uh, if they get to that position. So we'll see. All right. So going over to the East region, Evan, who do you have? So in the East, oh, man, I there's two teams that I really like, um, and that's Villanova and Texas Tech. Now, Villanova, you know, if they were to play a West Virginia or Wichita State, that could be tough. Texas Tech is a team we kind of we kind of – grazed over them quickly um keenan evans is a fantastic player he's been a little hurt recently though um but stepping up for them aside from him is uh jarrett culver who's a freshman zaire smith another freshman um and they finally got zach smith back too so texas tech i i, I really do like them i want to cheer for them i you know chris beard just received an extension uh he's done a fantastic job with that program but I think I gotta go Villanova here and Jalen Brunson. They've just been probably the most consistent team aside from maybe Virginia this year. Um, and I, I think Villanova comes out of this one. I think Villanova is. Would you say the most talented team in college basketball? I don't know if they're the most talented. I think that they're the best. I I do think that they're probably the best. Um, Virginia okay. most complete. Yeah, maybe I'll give you that. Yeah. All right. I, I I agree on that. However, I have a different team, and you could probably guess by the way I've been talking about them. I'm going to go with Purdue. Okay. I like Purdue yeah. a lot. I'm really high on them. Part of it is I a team like Purdue where they haven't had a season like this in a really long time. That can work against you, but it also could be – a these kids could really look at it as, hey, this is our chance to etch our names in the stone and make history here. And I, I, I could totally see I, – I just envision Purdue in the Final Four as one of the last four yeah, teams this they've year. they've had a very good year. They could be right there. It's been a mon- monumental season, I would it has. say. One of, their, one of their best, if not their best, in recent memory. Yeah, and they – I mean, you – how good were the Robbie Hummel teams? I mean, were they even this good? I don't know if they were even this good. I mean, he was he's a no. good player. They had each one more back in the day, too. So, Good color guy, yeah. too. Analyst. Yeah. Each one more. Yeah, that guy was good. Uh, Jawan Johnson. Jawan Johnson, yep. <laughs> yeah. I like this team a lot, though. I, I think they're going to make the most of this opportunity. It may be a tough path, um, but I could also see Texas Tech going out early which could help things okay yeah in a potential upset so i i I like purdue a lot um but we'll see if they purdue or if they (laughs) Purdue. all right so the midwest bracket you want to hit that one yeah last one yeah so you want me to go first you want to or i can go first doesn't matter okay i'll go do okay 
I like Duke. Um, I'm not sure what to make out of the North Carolina game. That was just a weird <laughs> game with North Carolina, as those rivalry games yeah, always they, are. North Carolina tried to lose that game. <laughs> I think it's hard for me, yeah, and it's hard for me to picture Duke once again going out so early with Coach K. They're a team that historically either goes out really early or pushes it really, really deep. And I think this year with Grayson Allen as a senior, I love the way Bagley's been playing this whole year. I mean, we'll see what happens, but I, I, I will go Duke. I'm, I'm going to agree with you too. I think Duke is the team in this bracket that uh, gets it done. Michigan State will be a tough test if they have to play them, but I think that they're better, um, at least maybe better prepared for tournament play than Michigan State and Kansas right now. Um, and I think I think that's going to help them having Coach K. And like you said, they've got a number of Bagley and Wendell Carter and um, Trayvon Duvall when he when he can hit a shot. Um, they've, they've got a good squad. Grayson Allen, of course, too. Uh, I think they're going to go. And that... That would make a very interesting game, Duke-Purdue for you and Duke-Villanova for me in that Final Four matchup. Hey, and the prospect of a North Carolina-Duke championship. That would be awesome. <laughs> Who doesn't want to it always, round four? Whenever we, look, whenever we look ahead at potential games like that, it seems like it will never actually happen. Like... We've always, I feel like every time that the Steelers and the Eagles are both good, we're always like Pennsylvania Super Bowl, right. and it, it's always one of the teams gets there and the other yeah. doesn't. So, I mean, that it's just the odds of that happening are pretty unlikely, but they could be the two best teams. They could. We'll see. see it, it should be fun. So, Evan, uh, just give me one word, winner pick. Who wins it? Who wins this who is the 2018 national champions? Man, I want to go North Carolina, but I think it's Villanova this year. I think they've had the most complete year. They've got the player of the year with Jalen Brunson. Mikel Bridges is fantastic. Dante DiVincenzo off the bench. I think that Villanova is able to the win again. Uh, it be their second in the last three years, and they're really starting to, to become a perennial team. Uh, every year in college basketball. I could totally see it. Are you going with the rematch, Villanova-North Carolina? <laughs> I guess I would be, yeah. I think I think uh, I would have North Carolina beating Arizona and Villanova beating Duke. So, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's what it All would right. come to be. <laughs> okay. How about you? All right, I could see it. All right, let me, so let me just run through my teams real quick. So I had Kentucky, Gonzaga, uh, Kentucky, Gonzaga, Purdue, and yep. Duke. I'm going Duke. Okay. I I mean, hey, the one thing that works in Duke's favor is the one time, the one year that I picked them, they won. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, don't mess with what's <laughs> broken, but or if it if it ain't broken, don't right. fix it. But hey, I mean, I think we're I think we are going to be very wrong. <laughs> And there's going to be a couple of teams that we look at and being like, how did they get there? Like a Xavier, yep. like a South Carolina. Would love to see a George Mason type team get there. We'll see. But I think it's going to be a great I think tournament. it will be fantastic. I think, you know, I like to say this almost every year, but this one is is pretty open. I mean, it's it's wide open for a number of teams. And uh, like, like we've seen the past couple hours here, just running through the brackets. Um, it's March and anything can happen. 
And Evan, your this is the last thought I'll uh, we'll end on your big upset, your your biggest upset <laughs> that you see happening. In oh this man, like a team that I think is going to go far. Uh, just one 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 game. game. Really. Um, I mean, it could be a Rhode Island against Duke. It could be a you know first round. You know, I think I think it could be yeah, Rhode Island Duke, um, Arkansas Purdue. I don't know if those are necessarily huge upsets. Um, I guess I'd go, I guess I could see Loyola making it to the sweet 16 and I know that's maybe not a shock to a lot of people, but, uh, yeah, I'll I'll count that as my bigger upset and Nevada over Cincinnati too. I think that could be one. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you on, uh, some of those. I, I think I'm going to put Loyola Chicago in my sweet 16. The other ones I have potentially, Potentially. Again, I don't want this to be a hot take <laughs> thing. Like, oh, I, I said this. I'm right. I'm not going to brag about any of this. Wright State over Ooh. Tennessee, Montana over Michigan. I like okay. those two matchups. Yep. The other one, the other one that could be interesting, Three, those are three fourteens. I like, you know, we could see something interesting with Stephen F. Austin. We could, State. and that one's in Texas, like we were saying. So not really a home game for either team. Um, I guess it is a home game for both, but not an advantage either way. So um, that should be a fun one. All right. One last question, Evan. Is a one seed ever going to lose to a 16 seed? Is it ever going to happen? <laughs> we talk about it every year. When's it going to happen? And uh, I think the answer this year is no. I don't think it happens this year. I think we got to wait till 2019 to see it happen. But- but you're saying that you think it will happen at some it point. It will happen at some point. It has I, to I happen so. at some point. Yeah. It will. it will. Especially, I think you look at kind of the landscape of college basketball with how good a lot of these mid-major teams are and then the mid to high majors. Everyone just seems to be getting better. Yeah. And the talent is being more widespread. So I could definitely see it. And the age of analytics and all that too. That's a good point. Yeah. So we will see it. I don't know if it'll be in our lifetime. I hope it is. Um, I'm not sure if the internet will, will crash or what will happen, but <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those sports records out there that uh, a lot of people don't talk about how wild it actually is, and um, we will see it one day. All right, Evan, thank you once again. Yeah, Thanks thank so, much so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me on here and letting me uh, talk college hoops with you. It's been great. Um we will see. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll want to do another one recapping the first weekend or the second weekend. I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about yeah. as this tournament moves along. And you're always welcome back. Well, thank you so much, Jack. I appreciate it. If you had one other sport that you'd like to talk, would it be baseball, NBA, NBA? It'd be the NBA, yeah. All right. I'd have to stick with basketball. <laughs> okay, so if you guys don't hear from Evan at the, for the rest of the tournament, I mean, we hope, hopefully it will happen. He will be back. We'll talk some NBA playoffs. <laughs> and if you ever want me on one of your MLB ones, uh, I can always talk up the White Sox. Oh, yeah, definitely. We'll, <laughs> we'll figure something out. 2020, All right. baby. <laughs> All right, well, thanks again, Evan. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear from you soon. Yeah, thank you, Jack. So there you guys have it. Evan Myers making the return to the podcast. Man, I think he brought the heat today. He did a great job. I believe this podcast went two hours longer than, uh, so that's a little longer than I expected, but hope this was good entertainment and a fun preview show for you guys. I thought it would be a lot of fun to just talk about the NCAA tournament, try to 
get a little gauge of what this is going to be. Evan has the most extensive knowledge of the sport of college basketball that I know, and he's done a lot for us, and we are very thankful. So thank you to everyone who tuned in. Hopefully we will be posting another podcast soon. I have talked to Jordan Morandini. He says he is in for a spring training first look podcast. So we'll try to get that to you soon. It could be coming this week or next. If it's not out by then, then we will be doing an MLB season preview together. Um, Also, for the reality TV fans, look out this week. My sister, Laura Vita, the TCU freshman, could be joining me. We will be talking Bachelor and the controversial ending of The Bachelor. Uh, We will maybe do a little bit of a recap of the Celebrity Big Brother season, talk a little bit about that in the finale, and if the potential future of Celebrity Big Brother. And lastly, it's Survivor season, which I know a lot of my friends are very excited to have Survivor on their TVs again. And my sister has been watching for a long, long time. So we'll hopefully have some good coverage for you, some fun talk about reality TV. We'll have plenty coming up on the Press On Sports podcast. If you like this podcast, you can follow along on Podbean. We're on there. Hopefully, we'll be coming to iTunes soon. You can subscribe then. I'll keep you updated. I'll continue to post these onto my personal blog, Viva La Vida. And I'll keep you updated with all the happenings on Twitter as well. My Twitter handle is at Velvita7. I should also give Evan a chance. His Twitter handle is at Evan underscore on underscore earth 96. If you want some good college basketball tweets coming during the tournament for the rest of you for now, everyone enjoy the tournament, have some fun with your friends and we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you again soon.